everyone. Welcome to Crime Colts and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn. And what's going on? What's new? Nothing besides just all the fiascos that have been happening the past couple days. Basically, I want to tell you too, I just got an email asking if I wanted to enroll in last minute healthcare. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. <laughs> so you should tell them what's going on. So not that anyone cares, and hopefully people aren't like, you guys are annoying, we're turning this shit off, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm just going to say it because I'm sure many of you can relate with the frustration and the infuriating nature that I've been facing since last Tuesday with trying to just simply change my healthcare plan. How many phone calls have you had with them? Since last Tuesday, at least 15 calls. What? Yeah, with trying to get in touch and hanging up and calling back. I either was disconnected or was told I would be called back at least six times and then never received a phone call back. Oh, my God. Yeah, and... That's why I was fucking infuriated yesterday. I was on the phone with two different people, redirected or disconnected twice yesterday. And this was over a course of almost two hours. Wow. And yeah. And in the meantime, there was a woman who since last Tuesday, I've been in contact with through email because she got halfway through the process, quote unquote process of switching my health insurance, which literally should have taken like 10 minutes tops. And she got halfway through the process with me and the connection was bad, granted, but she said she would call me back, never did. And then I've been in constant contact with her through email since last Tuesday, have tried to reschedule an appointment with her, have tried to, she tried calling me twice yesterday, but I was in class, so I couldn't answer. And I tried calling her back and then she didn't answer. And it's been like a fucking shit show for a week now. And then yesterday, I finally hit my breaking point where I, (laughs) a man answered the phone and shout out, Syed, you were amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Because I said to him when he answered the phone, I'm like, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not taking my anger out on you. But I was like, at this point, my patience is so fucking thin And I'm like, I am completely infuriated. And I like explained to him nicely what had been happening to me. And he was like, I'm going to take care of you right now. Aw, Syed. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out Syed. I don't know if you're listening, but you're amazing. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Syed, if you're listening, God bless you. Yeah. And he basically situated the whole thing for me within like 15 minutes. And he even said to me, I don't understand how this process wasn't just done for you already. I called again today just to double check that my health insurance was officially changed because I ended up having a full-blown panic attack last night just over everything and I was so frustrated and I also feel like part of me, Timo's like, you're overthinking it now, babe. And I'm like, this is also me having a true crime podcast. Part of me after the fact was like, was Syed real? <laughs> the way 
and I don't understand this because this is a multi-billion dollar company, right? Yeah. Running this one little chapter of the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, first of all, their phone connection is fucking awful. Yeah. How do you not have a phone system that works appropriately when you have billions of dollars to do that for your employees? I honestly, and this might just be a theory and like conspiracy, but... I honestly think that a lot of the times because of people being hired and fired so or quitting so often that a lot of people are constantly new and they don't know how to actually deal with and answer your questions. So they legitimately hang up and say that the, the connection is lost. Maybe. I mean, the line was also really laggy with me with one of the people. And then the one person was trying to help me and they're like, hold on one second. I'm waiting for the system to load. And it was like 10 fucking minutes. And I'm like, seriously, your computer sucks that badly. Like, what is it from the 90s? Yeah, what is happening? You and know? a lot of people like are working from home now too. Which um, is also scary, though, because they have a lot of your personal information at home then. Yeah, I know. That's I think terrifying. the whole thing is messed up. And I hate the healthcare system in the United States, it's horrible. But I started spiraling to the point where I was like, there were so many times where the phone would ring on the line and then music would play and then it would almost disconnect and start ringing again. Like I was being transferred to someone and I'm like, was Syed a scammer that hacked into the fucking system and now he has all my information? <laughs> He's the only one that helped you and he hacked this. Yeah, so I was like, was this man actually nice or did that not happen and I really just got fucked and like my yeah so I called again to be sure and no Syed was a fucking angel because I was like how am I speaking to this man who just helped me in 15 minutes amazing well (laughs) we should have been together last night because I also had a mental breakdown (laughs) oh my god I I'm the type of person that if I don't get something done in a day or two days, it will bother me and I will keep working at it until it gets done. Yeah. And that's just not the way prepping for a baby goes. And I know that mentally, but I have been working on my registry and just, I feel like everything at once kind of just hit me and I'm like, I'm never going to finish this. I'm never going to have enough everything done before this baby comes. And Carson was like you're fine and I'm like you're not helping (laughs) yeah we should have been together last night yeah I feel like it was a lot of pregnancy hormones too I feel better today about it but uh, any moms out there that can help with anything please enlighten (laughs) me in whatever you can because I was putting together just the registry and I'm just so overwhelmed with, am I going to research this enough? Is this the right thing? Is this not the right thing? Did I not put, I don't know. But I feel like you putting in the effort like that is already showing how amazing mom you're going to be. You know, I think you're overthinking it because you want it to be perfect, obviously for your child. But I feel like it's almost a trial and error too when Even if you get the best thing, it might not always be the perfect thing for your baby, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I get that. I'm deep down in my fucked up brain. But (laughs) (laughs) on the outside, I'm like, nope, everything has to be right. Yeah. Um, It'd be amazing, though. So try not to stress. That was, yeah, that was my night. Thank you. And good news, I started feeling my baby moving this week. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's like the I want to cry thinking about it. it's the craziest thing ever and just the coolest thing so yeah that's 
one thing that's been super, super cool this week. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Yeah, just Aww. like, just the craziest thing. So yeah. sweet. Oh no. Thank you for ending that Our little rant, rant <laughs> in a beautiful way because I, I feel like both of us have had a really rough week or a couple days and yeah. that's just such a nice uplifting thing to hear. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> have you been watching anything new or listening? Uh, let me think. I can start with mine. We watched the movie The Glass Onion. Oh, I've heard that that's good. It's pretty good. There's some parts where I'm like, okay, this is weird. But it was overall pretty good. It's like kind of a cheesy type of thing. It was pretty good. I would recommend it for like, you know, just like a Friday night movie at home. Okay. And then also, I told you about this over the weekend. One of my favorite podcasters, Andrew Tate, who has the podcast Let's Not Meet, he started another podcast called Welcome to Paradise. It sucks. And it's so funny. It's literally people talking about their vacation experiences that went horribly wrong. We have like three we could write in about. I honestly think I might <laughs> contact him because they're hysterical. I only listened to one episode, but I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be something that when I need something uplifting for my true crime podcast that I listen to, it's going to be this one. Yeah, for sure. And he has the podcast Odd Trails as well, correct? Yeah. So uh, check out all of his podcasts. His name's Andrew Tate again, but the new one is called Welcome to Paradise. It Sucks. I can't wait to listen. Yeah. And relate. Right. <laughs> I've had plenty of good vacations, but we just experienced a terrible one. Our listeners, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I'm listening or watching anything new, to be honest. I've been really good with trying to finish off all the shows that I've been watching for months now. I've just been trying to finish what I started. <laughs> good. Aside from that, shall we get into our coffee review? Yes, I can go first. So I got this coffee from Riverside Shop, and it's in Rockaway, New Jersey. So it's kind of like a restaurant and coffee shop type of thing. The specific coffee that I'm reviewing was the Toasted Hazelnut Cold Brew. That sounds delicious. Okay. Yes, and I'm so mad at myself because... I panic when I go into restaurants and I just like pick the first thing that I see on the menu that looks good and I don't look at the whole menu. Mm -hmm. And I noticed after I ordered it and she started making it that they have a peanut butter cup cold brew. No! <laughs> I know. And there's a bunch of other ones that sound really good. Chocolate covered raspberry, Mounds Bar, all cold brews. So You'll just have to make a bunch of trips like I've been wanting to do with Milford daily grind because yeah. of how many amazing things that seem to be on their menu yeah so I stopped in there because I passed this place pretty often and I was like I'm gonna try them out and I got it as a latte with uh, almond milk I will say I don't think that they brew their own coffee or get it from a local brewery honestly I watched her pour it out of like a glass container that looked like it was from like the grocery store so yeah. I'm not 100% sure where the coffee or what exactly the coffee is. Like who as, the roaster is? Yeah, yeah. But as far as the coffee goes, it's pretty good. You can tell it's not freshly made. 
because I don't think that they do it there, which is totally fine. It's It tastes like something that you could easily make at home, too. Okay. What So, would your... yeah, it was pretty good. I would probably rate it, like, a 5 or a 6 out of 10 because I feel like it wasn't super fresh and it wasn't something that, you know, you go to a coffee shop for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. So before I do my coffee review, I just wanted to mention, again, Milford's Daily Grind. The owner messaged because she listens to our podcast, which thank you so much for that. We love you. And I cannot wait to be back at your shop once it opens because they're currently doing renovations. So she messaged on Sunday, you can totally have peanut butter cups on top. Just let the girls know. I saw that and I was cracking up. Carson actually saw it and he's like, did Bryn like yell at them for like not putting peanut butter cups on there? I was like, what? No. <laughs> I didn't yell. I I said it was completely my fault, but thank you for letting us know that all we have to do is ask. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. My coffee that I'm reviewing is not anything grand today, sadly. I had to stop at the store and pick something up real quick because I'm currently out of coffee. And we are currently out of coffee that has been generously given to us by coffee shops. So I am reviewing a on-the-go Starbucks iced espresso vanilla latte. Ooh. And... I think for being a Starbucks on the go, it's actually pretty good. I'm sure you could pick this up at any local store. It's probably at gas stations or food stores, anything like that. Is it the one in the can or in the glass? It's in a bottle. It's Oh. not in a glass. And it says iced espresso. So it's like their latte version. It's definitely creamy as they advertise on the bottle. It does taste like a Starbucks coffee. It's very similar in comparison as if you were to get one from them without being freshly made, obviously. I would probably rate this a five, five and a half just Okay. because I, as, as everyone knows, I'm not a massive fan of the mass-produced coffee places like Dunkin' and Starbucks. I prefer local coffee roasters and coffee shops. I just think their coffee hits differently. And I think for an on-the-go coffee, it's pretty good, though. Good. So it's a good option if you're like at the gas station and you need something to pick you up. Yeah, the only downfall I would say with it, beside being one that's not like freshly made, is that it's a little on the sweet side and I'm not particular to things being like overly sweet. Yeah. So that's why I rated it a little bit lower. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we get into it? No, I think we should jump right into our episode because at this point, everyone's probably like, shut the fuck up and tell me a story. <laughs> Tell me a story. <laughs> All right. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. So this week's case was suggested by Alyssa. Thank you, Alyssa. Thanks, Alyssa. As you all know, she is one of the top recommendation people. And today's case, we are covering the story of Savannah Spurlock. So a little bit of background about Savannah. Sadly, there wasn't too much about her backstory online. There was not a lot in general about her. It was 
sadly, one of the things where media kind of took over and just focused on the story rather than her, which is sad. Right. So maybe at some point in time, we'll be able to give or get someone on here who knew her personally, where we can give a little more backstory on her actual life before everything happened. Yeah. So she was born in 1996, and her mom's name was Ellen Spurlock. And Savannah was 22 years old at the time of this story. She lived in Kentucky and was a mother to four children. I can't imagine being 22 and a mother to one child, let alone four. Yeah, props to her. Yeah. So she had actually just given birth to twins a month before this story took place. Wow. She also had a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And she was described by a middle school classmate of hers as amazing, that she could light up a room, bubbly, funny, and outgoing. January 4th, 2019, into the morning of January 5th, 2019. As we had mentioned, Savannah had given birth to her twins in December, and she wanted a night out. Her mother, Ellen Spurlock, said, quote, I thought she needed a little break. She hadn't done anything for months since she just had the twins. And it had probably been a really long time since she was pregnant with twins. She couldn't do things earlier on in the pregnancy. It was just, she probably just really needed some time away. Yeah. And this was actually her first night out since having the babies. Savannah went out with a friend who eventually left the bar after they got into an argument. And this was according to Savannah's mother. So there wasn't really too much more on that and what the argument was about or how it went down. Nothing like that. Ellen Spurlock last spoke with her daughter at 2.30 a.m. on January 5th, 2019. Quote, she FaceTimed me and she said everything is fine. I'm just having fun with friends. I promise I will be home later this morning. The first thing I thought of when I heard, when I read that was, holy shit, what is her mom doing up at 2.30 in the morning? <laughs> Maybe Ellen- she was like feeding the babies. <laughs> Ellen is an older version of me. <laughs> Ellen's a night owl. <laughs> my thought was i wonder if that's when she told her she got in an argument with her friend right or if the friend came back to her later and said like oh we got into like a fight and then i left right or yeah or if that hadn't even happened yet and she's like oh yeah i'm having a good time or if she was referring to her friends as the people she was now with yeah She was seen on surveillance video leaving the other bar in Lexington. So that was the name of the bar, the other bar. A horrible name for a bar. (laughs) Yeah. And three men were seen leaving the bar with her. So one of the three men, David Sparks, later made a comment that after they had left the bar, Savannah went back to his house and fell asleep. Remember, this is according to what he's saying at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And just a little side note, Sparks was 23 years old at the time of this event, so just a year older than Savannah. The story was that him, Savannah, and two other men all went back to his house, and at some point the other two men left. He said that she woke him up later in the night to ask where she was, and he allegedly gave her the address and then just fell back asleep. He assumed someone was coming to pick her up. This, again, according to him, 
He then said he woke up and she was gone. So that's his side of the story initially. All three men were interviewed and Sparks was a prime suspect in her disappearance. So they were on top of it. They saw the surveillance footage and they interviewed these three people. The other two men were never charged or accused of being involved in her disappearance. At some point while being interviewed, Sparks told investigators that he didn't know what happened to Savannah and he hoped she was, quote, all right. According to the interviews from the case file with the other two men, this was their version of the events. So you heard his side. Now we're going to hear the other two guys that she was with. They said that the four of them had gone to Sparks' house and drank. They said Savannah had been alive when they left, but was in and out of consciousness. So very terrifying. And she was with three men. They also said that while she was like this, Sparks inappropriately touched her, which is even more fucking terrifying. That honestly is, especially since... First of all, I'm assuming she didn't know them before this. Right. And that's what I was wondering, too. Like, did she know them in passing? Were they one of those people that, like, went to your school that you didn't really talk to? Or, like, did she just meet them at this bar? Right. And then she's so drunk that she's in and out of consciousness. And this man is already taking advantage of that and fucking touching her inappropriately. One said that one of the men said that when they left, the other man asked him if they should have left Savannah there. So they were kind of contemplating, like, was this a good call that we left her there alone with him? And, like, not to place blame on anyone because it's no one's fault but the person who did these things. But how could you see that happening and be like, all right, I think it's fine. I'm going to head out. And not even that. The least they could have done was spoken up when they saw him touching her inappropriately. Right. Yeah, she probably shouldn't have been left there. And granted, they probably didn't even know this girl really. And maybe they were thinking it's not my responsibility. But I personally feel like whether I knew someone or not, if I saw someone in a compromised position, I would make sure that Either I spoke up about it or I made sure that they were somewhere else away from that person. And maybe the Sparks guy was their friend and they didn't think he would do anything or they were like, oh, he was just messing around kind of thing. But in and out of consciousness, she obviously wasn't capable of telling him to fuck off or Mm -hmm. leaving on her own or, you know, I feel like. Not to put, I'm not putting blame. I mean, I kind of am questioning someone else's decisions, but I feel like more should have been done for her in a way. Yeah. And they both said after the fact that they didn't think that Sparks would have hurt her. So, but that's always, you know, retrospective. One also said that after Savannah had disappeared, he told Sparks to come clean with whatever had happened. And this is a quote from Lex 18, quote, I told him, like, at the end of the day, bro, we left her at your house, bro. So whatever the bleep happened after that, you need to go ahead and man the bleep up and say what needs to be said. And, you know, I have no problem saying fuck, but I was just reading a quote. (laughs) 
The surveillance footage is the last time that Savannah was ever seen alive. The surveillance footage from the other bar. Oh, poor girl. Yeah. And I'm sure the other two friends, since they had clearly left, feel absolutely awful about this now. And I feel awful that they probably had to live with the fact that they, like, didn't make a different choice, you know? But regardless, what matters is they weren't involved. So January 22nd, 2019, police served a search warrant for Sparks' parents' farm in Garrard County. The property was searched. Some potential evidence was found, but there was no sign of Savannah. And we will get into this potential evidence a little further down. Multiple agencies were involved and searched for months for Savannah. They checked a number of locations and conducted many interviews. Aerial searches were done. They checked burn piles nearby, which is a horrifying thought. Yeah, I didn't even I wouldn't have even thought of that. I mean, it's not my job, but still I wouldn't have even thought about that. Yeah, and I feel like that's common on some farms to have burn piles. So maybe that's why they were just naturally checking those. And then they also searched a landfill. July 10th, 2019, the Sparks property was searched again. Savannah's body was found in a 19-inch deep grave wrapped in plastic trash bags and a rug, which is so disturbing. And that was a pretty shallow grave. Yeah, clearly the person that did it, and thankfully the person that did it, had no idea what they were doing. The police were tipped off because Sparks' father reported a, quote, foul odor coming from his property and he became concerned. Could you fucking imagine? Uh, no. Not knowing that A, this was happening on your property, and B, that the odor was from a, a dead body. Yeah, and so bad that you were like, I have to call the police because they've been here to search my property before. Like, what is this? Yeah. He had actually been digging in a strawberry patch when he smelled the odor, and then he called investigators right away. They then uncovered Savannah's body. Oh, my God. That poor girl. Yeah, it's so, so unbelievably sad. This is a quote from WDRB.com, quote, that's something that I ask myself still when I think about Savannah is how did we not find her, Phrase said. How did I not find her? I actually stood on the strawberry patch, like where it was, I can't answer that. And Phrase was Sergeant Kelly Phrase, who was part of the Richmond Police Department. Her body was found underground, quote, concealed in an unnatural position. She was naked. Her feet were bound with tape. Her body was folded over and a rug was behind her back. This rug was later discovered to have been from Sparks' bedroom. And he had bought a replacement rug at Walmart. So he had put another fucking rug in his bedroom to act like... His rug was still there, probably, so his parents wouldn't be like, wait, what happened to your carpet? What the fuck? It didn't really explain whether it was the same exact one or if he had just gotten a new one and been like, oh, like if they had said anything, oh, I got a new one, you know? 
but it just it's just horrible just the thought that goes into it too you know yeah blood was also found in sparks's closet in his bedroom and this blood matched savannah's dna around the time that savannah's body was discovered sparks went to richmond police department he locked his keys in the car and said he needed a public defender red flag mm-hmm Investigators later mentioned that Sparks had remained a top suspect for multiple reasons, but one was because of a letter that had been found. During a search of his home, a letter was found on his nightstand. And this is a quote again from WDRB.com. Quote, we found it in his nightstand and on the very first page on a clean binder of clean notebook paper. Frey said it looked recently written. Wow. Yeah. The letter talked about how he had to keep a quote dark true side hidden. That's disgusting. Yeah. So it was like basically his journal kind of. It also talked about the thought or capability to quote squeeze the last breath out of another human. What the fuck? And it was his journal, but it was literally on the first page of the notebook. Right. So it was like, did he want somebody to find it? Yeah. Or was he just starting this fucking crazy ass journal that he was going to keep because of what happened? Right. That's true as well. His explanation of the letter was that he had written it one and a half to two years before when he had faced rejection from another woman. But why would it be, like, out on his bedstand and the first page written on? Exactly. He also said that he suffered from depression and past anger issues. Emphasis on the past. Phrase believed it was actually written after Savannah's murder, which would make more sense. I concur. Yeah. I mean, almost like he was trying to, like, cover his tracks afterward and be like, oh, this was from a while ago. Here's part of the letter. So this is a whole big quote. Quote, I simply don't care at all. I feel no true love for anything now that I know what I really am. I see a greater need to hide my true self, but I just want to be free. I stay in a constant state of aggression. Nothing seems to help anymore. I have an abyss for a soul that sucks every attempt to make myself whole. I want my family to understand, maybe just to excuse my actions over the years, but how do you look at your mother in the eyes and tell her you are a born psychopath? Like, I have the fucking chills. Yeah, I'm feeling actually a little sick to my stomach right now. Yeah, that she gave birth to a monster, someone who wouldn't care a bit to squeeze the last breath out of another human or plunge a knife into their chest and smile about it. My mother, the only person in the world that I never want to disappoint, yet I see it on her face every day. What do I do? Okay, I have a couple things to note about that letter. First of all, he's saying he doesn't care at all and he's a psychopath, but he's contradicting that when he says he doesn't want to disappoint his mom. Right. That kind of shows that he has feelings. Right, and he's trying to cover it up by saying, oh, I don't care a bit. Yeah. And then he said, I stay in a constant state of aggression. Meanwhile, part of his reasoning for the letter 
was that he suffered from past anger issues. If you're in a constant state of aggression, you're still having major anger issues. Right. I just think he had no idea what he was saying. And then he said, I want my family to understand maybe just to excuse my actions over the years. What the fuck else did this man do? Right. That's what I was thinking over the years. So what have you done in the past that everybody was so disappointed in you? Exactly. Or that they don't know about. Yeah. Like, did he commit other crimes that weren't connected to him that he was getting away with? Who the hell knows? That's a terrifying thought. During the same search, when they found the letter, walls in the home also looked like they had been wiped down at the bottom half. So he's also grimy as heck and doesn't clean his room so you could tell where he cleaned the walls. (laughs) Yeah, he decided to clean where there was probably blood spatter only. Yeah, and it was obvious. The house also looked like it had been recently cleaned. His phone history also showed repeated Google searches were made. And it was, quote, Richmond missing mom. Oh my god. He's covering up. He's maybe panicking a little bit. But he also wants to see what reaction this made or what what happened in the news because of what he did mm-hmm. and he clearly knew she had children so fucking disgusting another side note after sparks was arrested a guard at lincoln county detention center found drawings of women in his cell in the drawing one woman was bound and one was naked These were turned over to police, obviously, Mm -hmm. and from these, Fraze speculated if there could be another victim aside from Savannah. Oh my god. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I have the absolute chills right now, and from his letter, I think there could have been. That is so terrifying. I hope if that's the case they make the connection at some point we'll talk about it more at the end because i have more to say about that but we'll come back to it tuesday december 2020 and i think i had read that it was potentially december 1st because the article was december 2nd yeah that's another thing with these articles it was just spitting out information and there was no dates or times and i was getting very angry about it Yeah, it was a little frustrating. I was like, when the fuck did this happen? Yeah. December 2020, it was a Tuesday. Sparks pleaded guilty to murder, tampering with physical evidence, and abuse of a corpse in connection with the death of Savannah Spurlock. Sparks agreed to enter a guilty plea in exchange for a 50-year sentence for murder and a five-year sentence for abuse of a corpse. So that's what I was going to go back to i'm just pissed that for her family's sake i'm happy there was not a trial but so much more i feel like could have came out of a trial if they questioned him further but he just took a plea deal if sergeant phrase suspects that there could be another victim and if sergeant phrase is still in office i would hope that maybe they'll try to make another deal with him something you know to quote unquote sweeten the deal for him in order for him to give up information 
Yeah. Hopefully they don't give him too much leeway with some kind of deal, but I feel like it's a bittersweet and a tough scenario because obviously he deserves even more than what he got for what he did to Savannah and her family would probably be absolutely horrified if his sentence lessened. Mm -hmm. But this information needs to be found out somehow if that's the case, if he did do something to someone else. Right. And I feel like hopefully he, it seemed from this case in general, it was done so haphazardly and like there was no real like knowledge or thought that went into certain things that hopefully if they're suspecting this of another case, he was just as sloppy and they find DNA evidence and that's all Mm -hmm. they really need. Yeah, and that they'll just connect him to it somehow. Yeah. Or hopefully he'll be a fucking idiot and make some more drawings or writings and leave them on his nightside table in his cell and then (laughs) be caught and just have like, oh, that was from 10 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. How did this get in here? This was from my childhood bedroom. (laughs) So he will be eligible for parole after serving 20 years of his sentence. I think that's a little bit insane. Yeah, which I now honestly am backstepping my previous thing about them making a deal because that is already a fucking deal. Right. I mean, if it was 50 years without the possibility of a parole, that would be different. But 20 years only for potential parole, that's scary. And the fact that he received 50 years and then a five-year sentence on top of that and he only needs to serve fucking 20 potentially is horrifying. Yeah. What's the point of dishing out those numbers if there's a chance for him to be out in less than half the time? It's just so frustrating because, like, just in general, I feel like there's just no consistency across the board with anything like this. Agreed. The death penalty was not able to be pursued for this case, and no comments have been made yet on a motive or details on how Savannah died. The medical examiner's final report explained the following, quote, The amount of time Spurlock's body was buried destroyed any evidence for medical examiners to use to determine what caused her death, the medical examiner wrote. The medical examiner noted while there was no remaining evidence of lethal trauma, the circumstances in which the body was found were suspicious. In another report, investigators noted that evidence of some type of trauma, like asphyxiation, could have been destroyed by the passage of time. And that was a quote from Lex 18. I find this so hard to believe because I feel like it wasn't that long of a time. It was like six months, but yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a medical examiner, clearly, but I feel like they've been able to find things, improve things on autopsy for a longer period of time than that. Right. Maybe it needs to be looked at by a second opinion. Yeah. But I think, and not saying anyone did their job wrong, obviously, but I don't understand how there's no signs of trauma when there was blood all over the place yeah like where did and i'm saying it in the most respectful way possible but where did all that blood come from like unless there was no broken bones and it was just i don't know shaq smith who was the father of two of savannah's children said he wished that sparks was sentenced for longer for her death 
And I agree, Shaq. Yeah. This is a quote from him. Quote, I feel like it's a relief for everyone who is close to Savannah that there will be no trial to sit through. But to me, justice wasn't served. And I can totally see both sides to that. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is just really fucking sad. Sitting through a trial has to be absolutely horrifying for a family. I cannot even imagine. But what he got is not what he deserved to get. Andy Sims, the Commonwealth of Kentucky's attorney, this is a quote from him, quote, I think justice was served, and most importantly for our office, and I think and hope for the family, was that for the longest time everyone thought this case was a big mystery, but it wasn't. I knew from the beginning he killed her, and it was important for me that he stood in court and admitted it. Um, I feel about that. It was almost like, oh, this is a win for our office. We did it. Yeah, and I honestly don't, although he admitted it, because at first clearly he was denying being involved, he meaning Sparks, even though he admitted to the crime, justice wasn't served because the man is potentially serving 20 fucking years and that's it. Right. And so what? You got him, but you get like the sentencing I don't think was fair. I agree. I I don't know about that. Sparks was scheduled to be sentenced December 17th, 2020. As of February 2022, he is being held in the Southeast State Correctional Complex. And good fucking riddance. It's just, this is all around, like, a really sad case. And it just blows my mind that some of these cases are, like, so wildly and widely, I should say, known by, like, the nation and some of them are barely even talked about and I feel like this was one of the cases that there was not a lot of information on there's still not and a person still died and I feel like she didn't get justice right and why she was a mother of four why wouldn't this be more heavily talked about I don't know We could say that about so many, though, especially when it comes to minority groups and indigenous women missing. Like, it's not talked about enough. Yeah. It's honestly sickening. It blows my mind that one little thing, like a TikTok, can blow up a case and suddenly the whole world cares about it. But these are all things that need to be talked about more. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's been our goal from the beginning with this podcast is to cover the lesser known cases and not only that but to put more attention on the lives that were taken or the lives that were affected instead of the fucking perpetrators because everyone knows who Ted Bundy is everyone mm. knows who John Wayne Gacy is everyone knows who Jeffrey Dahmer is why why aren't victims names out there like that right it's so true or survivors' names out there like that. It's a very warped sense of reality, I feel. It's so true. But do we have anything else we want to add since that was a shorter case, sadly, because of the lack of information online? I'm trying to think. 
I actually have a story I can tell Oh, okay. that I feel I'm ready to share. Okay. It was from when Boo passed away. I think Oh. I think I told you this already, potentially, but I know I did not tell the listeners. Okay. Boo was our grandfather. That was our name for him that we called him. And the day that he passed away, so I'm not going to get too much into everything, but I want to tell this brief little story because it was definitely reassuring and just a crazy experience that I want to share. Okay. So as he was passing away, I was with him, with my mom and dad, and my dad and I had briefly gone upstairs to step away for a little bit because we were like, maybe he just wants to be alone for a little or like, let's give him time. He was kind of rubbing my hand almost like go. Mm hmm And I was also in the mindset of maybe he doesn't want to cross with me here. So I went upstairs with my dad and we were sitting on the couch and it, I had only been upstairs for about five minutes. We were sitting on the couch and the TV was just randomly playing and I started scrolling on Facebook and I never go on Facebook. Anyone who knows me knows I do not go on Facebook. I go on Facebook and I start to scroll and the first thing that comes up and shout out Becky because this was a post from Becky and I know she listens. Becky had posted a picture and it was from the movie A Wonderful Life. And it said, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. So I read this and it said she had posted it four days before. So for some reason, my page like hadn't refreshed. And as I'm reading it, a bell starts ringing in a commercial on TV. What the hell? Yeah. So You did tell me this. as soon as it started ringing, I was like thinking in my head, oh my God, what if Boo is passing right now? And then I said it out loud to my dad. And usually I wouldn't tell my dad things like this because he's kind of a non-believer. Yeah. But I said to dad, oh my God, I have to tell you this. This is so weird. I was like, I just read on this Facebook post, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings and listen. And the bell was still ringing on the commercial. And he was like, wow, that is really weird. And then literally like five seconds later, mom comes upstairs and says, I think Boo just passed. It was literally the exact time. Yeah. That is That I so read. crazy. Yeah. And mom had said that right before he passed that she had been saying to him, Please send Bryn and I signs. You know we believe in this. You know we will see it or hear it, you know? Like, we're very open to it, obviously. And then that happened. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing So. and so crazy because he's just like, all right, <laughs> let me give you the first one. yeah. And it was honestly so beautiful and reassuring And although obviously it was extremely sad because we lost our grandfather, I was like, I know that was him. Yeah, it Like, definitely was. There's yeah. no doubt. I mean, it, like the timing, everything. Mm-hmm.
And the fact that I was thinking in my head, oh my God, what if he's passing right now? It was just such a big sign that he didn't want you to miss it. Yeah. And I honestly, I forgot to tell Laura that the other day when we saw her too. I have to tell her that story still, but it was just incredible and an instantaneous message from my grandfather. He just wanted you to know that he was okay. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I hope it didn't make anyone too sad because even though it was definitely sad in the moment, I think it was just such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Oh, thank you for sharing. <laughs> of course. Brent was our listener today. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to share? I don't think I have any fun stories. <laughs> oh, I have one more thing to share that was freaking insane. Okay, go for it. And we will hopefully be, no, I'm not going to say hopefully, we will be covering this in the future. So I've been doing breath work classes the past two weeks, and I have one more week left of it. And it has been a life-changing experience. Whoever has not tried breath work, I highly recommend. It's honestly, I've never experienced anything like it. Hmm. Yeah, your body is just so incredible and there's just so much more to it that it's eye-opening I don't know how to explain it but anyway last week the breathwork class I was in I ended up with the breathwork we were doing going into a seriously deep meditation with it and through meditation I was receiving these messages and these images and It was in my third eye. Like, it was in my mind's eye. Mm -hmm. It's like when you close your eyes and you're just thinking of things or dreaming. Like, it was almost like that. And I remember I wrote down, first I was seeing, I saw, like, wolves running. And I experienced, I saw this Native American. He looked like the chief of a tribe. He had this beautiful headdress and he had on ceremony attire and then I started getting this name and the word missing coming to me okay and this was in my like meditative state I believe I don't know it was it was the I mean obviously I've had messages come through to me before like I've mentioned on the podcast Laura's like my quote-unquote mentor but this was different I don't know how to explain it and other things happened I wrote it down I honestly can't remember right now but after we came out of the meditation and I finished the breath work at the end as I was writing things down I'm like let me look this up before I forget and I looked up this name and I looked up missing with the name and it's a real missing person what the fuck yeah and she's a missing indigenous woman what yeah from where that's insane wow and it's a very different name oh my god so for some reason we should be covering that case yeah exactly so we will make sure to cover her case in the future and 
It was honestly mind-blowing. Aside from that, yes, everyone highly recommend the breathwork experience. Holy shit. So we definitely have to cover that. That's crazy. Wow. But that's my story. I hope I didn't drag on too long with it. No, thank you for sharing. You had great stories. I don't have any stories. Thank (laughs) you. Everyone listening is probably like, oh my god, Bryn's whacked out. (laughs) No. (laughs) Definitely not. I mean, it's a real thing. People believe in it. Should we get into our spiel? Let's do it. So you can find us on Instagram at Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we post weekly photos, coffees that we've reviewed, and the link tree in our bio has all of our listening platforms. Also, you can find us on Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we post photos from every episode, resources, any contact information that we talk about. If you have a case suggestion like Alyssa... Or a listener story like me, because I don't want to keep being the only one with listener stories. Write them, <laughs> in. <laughs> Write them in. Send them in. You can email us at crimecoltsandcoffee at gmail.com or send us a DM at crimecoltsandcoffee on Instagram. Also, if you like our podcast, if you like the topics that we cover, if you have suggestions, anything like that. You can leave us a rate or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, any listening platform that will allow you to do so. Just be kind, please. Yes, please. (laughs) And if you aren't able to do that on any listening platform of your choice, you can like, you can follow, you can subscribe. That will let you know when new episodes come out each week. Thanks, guys. And I think that's it. And yeah, yeah, if we have any more updated information on Savannah's case, we will make sure to include it in an episode because I don't feel that was fairly enough on her background life. Agreed. And until next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, by the way, Timo's gone and there is a fucking snowstorm tomorrow. I was going to mention that. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook